0: Uh, Today, as Kingdom Partnership, and over the next weeks, we'll be looking at petition, confession, spiritual warfare, expression of hope, all from the outline and from the model that Jesus gave to his disciples when they said, "Uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them this way in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then some manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so we're in this 40 days of prayer looking at these topics of prayer. Last week, prayer is worship. Today, prayer as kingdom partnership. If you have not signed up already, you, get, you can get email prayer devotionals every day at cmalliance.org backslash 40 days, or there are some printed copies of those devotionals on the back table as well. Before we launch into this, just as an introduction to this theme of prayer as kingdom partnership for this message, as well as for the week to come, watch the short video from Tim Crouch, one of our national office leaders.
1: This week we want to focus on the words in Jesus' prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The late Dallas Willard described God's kingdom as where what God wants done is done. God indeed is on a mission to restore what was very good in his pre-fall creation, to bring about transformation of what's broken in us and in this world. When his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven, what God wants done gets done. Lives, relationships, and communities are restored. People find forgiveness. Wholeness, justice, community can be transformed and even the creation around us will be impacted. And no one will be left out as dividing walls are broken down and the kingdom comes near to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Praying your kingdom come joins our will with God's. In it, we submit ourselves to God, lift up the left out, ask God to work through his church and to break out into the world of need. This kingdom come prayer calls out for the action of the only one who can really restore good to our brokenness and it offers our own hands and feet, our lips and hearts as instruments for his purposes. Praying this way, even this week, we become kingdom partners with one another as fellow servants in a royal priesthood and with the king himself, who will, we can be sure, get done what he wants done.
0: That's good news, isn't it? That the king will get done what he wants done. He referenced... Dallas Willard, and in Dallas Willard's essay, The Kingdom Life, he notes that theology books will often use words like reign, not R-A-I-N, but R-E-I-G-N, the reign of God or the rule of God to describe the kingdom of God. For most people, though, it's more informative to say that the kingdom is God in action, or as Tim Crouch shared what Dallas Willard said in another place, the kingdom is where what God wants done is done. I like that definition. The kingdom is where God, where God, what God wants done is done. Willard says that at the center of biblical teaching on the kingdom is the idea that an all-loving and all-powerful God is in action for us and is in action with us on our behalf and invites us to join him. God is not passive. God is not distant far out there somewhere and he's not indifferent to our situations and to this world that we find ourselves in. And so this morning we're going to take at a flyover look at the biblical teaching on the kingdom of God. We're gonna utilize an outline from Dr. Amy Redding uh, that others would be looking at in our Alliance family as we have this time of 40 days of prayer. But we also wanna consider something else. We also wanna consider as we look at this flyover view of the kingdom of God in scripture, we also wanna look at what is required of us in this kingdom partnership If we are going to be a part individually as a church family, if we are going to be a part of what God wants done getting done. Last March, while all of you were here in the cold, I had the privilege of going down to Orlando, Florida for a conference. I can still rub that in. It's part of the privilege of being able to do that when you go to warmer spots in the winter. But it was a conference with a bunch of other pastors and church planters and leaders and all kinds of things. And there was a pastor there from New York City by the name of John Tyson. You might have heard of John Tyson. And John Tyson has been very passionate about seeing revival, seeing movement of God in New York City and in the region around New York City. And with the desire that it would spread throughout the United States, he's been passionate about this. And so he took a trip to Europe. And as he went to Europe, he went for the purpose of going to places where movements of God had broken out in the past. And one of the places that he spent the most time was the Hebrides in Scotland. And what he learned there, and what people asked him when he came back, is what is it that is the key to a movement of God? What is it that is the key to the kingdom of God? come, God's kingdom come as we, this is our prayer focus today, your kingdom come, your will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. What is the key to seeing the kingdom come, the will of God being done in these movements in history that we would say these have been revivals where God has done something unique and special. What is it? People are expecting, you know, five takeaways, five lessons, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he said, really, it boils down to this. God wants to be where he is welcomed. God shows up where he is welcome. I would love to have like six steps and stuff, but it really comes down to a desperate people who desire nothing else than God and his kingdom coming and his will being done on this earth, in their lives, in their families, in their homes, in their church, in their community, in their region, seeing God move and saying, God, we have no other hope and we want nothing else than for you to come. God comes where he's welcome. And so a big idea for us this morning is going to kind of bring these two concepts together as we look as we look at prayer as kingdom partnership, and that is this. The kingdom is where what God wants done is done. That's Dallas Willard, as we talked about already. And it comes where God is welcomed in desperate prayer from John Tyson. That's the big idea this morning. The kingdom is where what God wants done is done, and it comes where God is welcomed in desperate prayer. We talked about the idea of getting this flyover of scripture to see this and we're going to look at five acts as in acts in a play throughout scripture to see this theme played out throughout the scriptures. It begins in act 1 with creation and the fall. There are sermon notes if you want to fill those in, but it begins with creation and the fall. Creation, God creates the heavens and the earth out of nothing he speaks and the heavens and the earth comes and every day he creates a little more and every day he says and it was good the kingdom was coming God was having what he wanted done done and every day as he created he says that's good what I wanted done was accomplished today Until he gets to the sixth day, and he creates Adam. He creates humanity. And he doesn't come at the end of that day and say, that's good. He says, that's very good. In those six days of creation, and then Eve being created from Adam, in those creative works of God, what God wanted done was perfectly done. The rule of God, the kingdom of God was coming from heaven to this earth where he was in creative mode. What God wanted done was done. And he gave us as humanity a role in this, a partnership in this. He said, I want you to multiply to fill the earth and to subdue it to bring it under your reign and rule under your control so that as you walk with me in relationship what i want done you get to participate in it here on this earth it's about partnership prayer as kingdom partnership what god wanted done he invites us into so that his kingdom would come here to this earth it shows us god's heart for relationship it shows us that we are to be people who have been invited in to welcome him and to welcome his kingdom. The psalmist, when he sees this reality, says it this way, When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man, that you are mindful of him and the Son of Man, that you care for him. The psalmist is saying, wow, look at this. This, that is so good. What is it that, how good are you, God? How amazing are you as we see the display of your glory and that you welcome us in to be a part of this? But there's a second part to that first act, creation and the fall. The ultimate antithesis Of the kingdom of God, of what God wanting done, being done is seen in Genesis chapter 3. As Adam and Eve together disobey the one command that God did, gave to them. Do not eat of this tree. The one command. You can eat of anything else, but don't eat of this. It's the antithesis of God having done what he wants done. In that moment, the very thing that he did not want done was done. And as that act of sinful disobedience by Adam and Eve took place, as they ate of the fruit sin entered the world. And all of the brokenness that we live under, and that has been compounding all of the relational brokenness, all the brokenness in creation, all the relationship brokenness between God and humanity, all of that brokenness has just been compounding and compounding and compounding since that first sin of our first parents. And that sin encapsulates why we need God's kingdom to come why we need his will to be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Because as we look around and we say, why is the world so broken? It's because what God wants done is not done. Act one, creation, and the fall, we see what God's intention was, but we see what happens when what God wants done is not done. Fast forward to Act 2. He raises up a man by the name of Abraham. And he creates out of Abraham and his son Isaac and then Jacob a nation. The nation of Israel. Of a kingdom beginning on the earth in a people. God created this people. God made covenants with this people, this nation Israel. To accomplish what he wanted to get done. And the ultimate thing that he wanted to get done was the redemption of humanity back to himself. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 says this. He says, is it too small a thing for you to be my servant? To restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. It's too small just to restore Israel back to myself. No, I will also make you a light, Israel, for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. God's desire through this people, Israel, through this nation that he created from Abraham, the covenants and the promises that he made to them, was that there might be a restoration of a people to himself, a nation that did what God wanted done in relationship, and then was used to bring that relationship, that right relationship with God, to the entire humanity. God's mission, what God has wanted done since the fall, is for the redemption of humankind, for the salvation of all those in humanity separated from, to bring a people back to Himself. What God wanted done he used a people created a nation made promises that he will ultimately keep through this nation Israel in Israel though in this act we see the patience of God Israel just like me and just like I'm sure all of you had an up and down history with God Sometimes they did exceptionally well. Sometimes they partnered with God so well so that what God wanted to get done, got done. But there were also large seasons of their time here on this earth and and, and their walking with God where they lived in disobedience, where they did not follow the ways of God, but instead followed the ways of Adam and Eve and Eve and they disobeyed. They worshiped other gods. They wanted to be like other people rather than being a people devoted to God. But still, even when his will was not done, even when what God wanted done was not done, he patiently continued with them, both in forgiveness and compassion and in continued partnership. David, when he writes in Psalm 145, speaks of the character of God, the patience of God, but also God's desire. He says in Psalm 145, 8 to 13, the Lord, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. And I feel like some of us need to really hear that. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he's made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of, this is Old Testament, they will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men, all humanity might know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and he's loving toward all he has made. God is patient and he desires the redemption of humanity back to himself. He desires people who are not doing what God wants done to be brought back to himself, that his kingdom would come, his rule and reign would come to this earth and his will would be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. The third act. The third act centers around Jesus. And Jesus is the one who brings us into the kingdom. Literally, Jesus is the one who rescues us. All throughout the Gospels, particularly in Matthew, we're taking a short pause. We started right at Christmas, this verse-by-verse looking through the Gospel of Matthew. We'll get back to it after 40 days of prayer. But you'll notice in the book of Matthew, especially this idea of the kingdom of God. It's going to be a big theme. And Jesus is the key to the kingdom of God. God wants to come. Hear that. God wants to come. And he did this by sending Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14 says this, For God has rescued us through Jesus from the dominion of darkness. Understand that there are two kingdoms at play. There is the kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan, and there is the kingdom of God ruled by Jesus. And all of us, whether we like to hear it or not, all of us are born into sin and born enslaved into the kingdom of darkness. That's bad news. I know it's not the news that you want to hear when you come to church on Sunday morning that you were born and that every person, even the most beautiful little baby, was born into the kingdom of darkness. It's bad news, but it's the reality. It's what makes the gospel good news. It's what makes the reality of God through Jesus rescuing us because he has rescued us from this dominion of darkness, this kingdom of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the one who brings us, who rescues us from the kingdom of darkness and who brings us into the kingdom of God. There is this radical shift that takes place, whether we recognize it or not, that when we come and we place our faith in Jesus, we are torn out of the kingdom of darkness and we are deposited into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. This transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light is the result of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. All of that had to take place for Jesus to rescue us. He is the rescuer. And the rescuer had to give himself, had to lay down his life on the cross in order for us to be rescued. Our faith in Jesus, our faith in in that rescue work of him and his death and his burial and his resurrection is what triggers that transfer from the kingdom of God, or from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. He is the rescuer, but we have to accept the rescue. I don't know if you've ever watched rescue, like some military rescue where you have a hostage situation And the military goes in, and they go behind enemy lines. They usually do it in night vision and all that kind of stuff. And they go back behind enemy lines, and they get the person. They find the person. And in order to rescue them, what does that person have to do? That person has to cooperate. That person has to say, yes, I trust you. I will follow you to safety. It would be a real downer if you watch this rescue movie, this military show where a hostage was there and it came to the climax and the military came and those special operations operators were there and they found the hostage and they found it. And the guy goes, ah, you know what? That's all right. I think I'll stay here. Or if they said, how do I know that you're not the bad guy? How do I know? What if they don't exercise their role? What if they don't place their faith, their trust, in the person who is coming to rescue them? Friends, Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus has done the rescue work through his death, burial, and resurrection. But we have to be willing to, by faith, receive that rescue. Your mom can't do it. Your dad can't do it. Your grandparents can't do it. You have to be the one to say, yes, Jesus, I accept. I receive your invitation of rescue from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God. I want from this day forward what you want done to be done in my life. Jesus brings us into the kingdom. He rescues us. And when he ascended into heaven, he then sent someone to help us, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us then in how to live like Jesus. How to allow Jesus, how to allow God to get done what he wants done in our lives, and in situations around us. He is the one who empowers us as we partner with him so that what he wants done gets done. So this morning, will you welcome, will you receive the rescue of Jesus if you haven't already? We're going to celebrate in a few moments that rescue With the body represented with the bread and the blood represented with the cup, the sacrifice of Jesus to rescue us. Will you, if you have not already, receive that invitation, that rescue from Jesus? And if you have, will you receive and will you allow the guidance of the Spirit over your life? Because we are not intended to do it on our own strength for what God wants done getting done. We need a helper. And the Holy Spirit is the helper, the empowerer, the one who guides us, who leads us into truth, who leads us into the way that we would be able to know what God wants done and to be able to do it. Act three, Jesus brings us into the kingdom. Act four, then, is about the church. We're brought into The kingdom of God, which its representation today is the church here on this earth. The kingdom, though, is now. The kingdom is now. There are some who believe that the kingdom is just a future thing. That when Jesus comes back, and we're going to see that in a moment, that That is the fullness, but that the kingdom is only going to come when Jesus comes back. The fullness of it will be, but the kingdom is already here. Jesus, as he was talking to some religious leaders in Luke chapter 17, 20 to 21, says, once having been asked by the Pharisees, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you. Or some translations will say the kingdom of God is among you. When Jesus is coming, the kingdom has come. The kingdom is here already. It's not yet fully here, but the kingdom has already come because Jesus has come and the spirit has come. And whenever a person says yes to the rescue of Jesus, the kingdom has come. Whenever we pray in fervency and in passion and that prayer is answered, the kingdom is come. Whenever a person who is afflicted by the demonic is delivered, the kingdom has come. Whenever addiction is broken or a sin is repented of and overcome, the kingdom has come. Whenever gossip and slander ceases and words of blessing and life are spoken, the kingdom has come. Whenever the discouraged become encouraged, whenever the lonely are visited whenever the poor are provided for whenever the widow or the widower is comforted whenever the presence of god is tangible in a worship gathering the kingdom of god has come and we could go on and on and list the ways that the kingdom of god has come the kingdom of god has come in jesus and it is coming in greater ways and the way in which God wants to bring his kingdom in greater and greater ways is through the vehicle of his church, through his people. And so we, as this week's focus is, we pray his kingdom come. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Certainly we pray for the return of Christ and the fullness of the kingdom to come. But he also taught us to pray, Your kingdom come now. Your kingdom come increasingly. What you want done, we want it to be done in greater ways. So will you welcome him and partner with his movement here on this earth? Will you join him in his moving in, the, in our community as you mourn with people, as you care for others, as you show mercy, as you operate in humility? Will you pray in desperation? God, we want you to come. God, we want your will to be done. We want what you want done. Will you pray it? Act five is completed redemption. Our future destiny is this: the full, com, uh, full culmination of the kingdom. It will be complete one day when all people groups have representation around the throne of God redeemed. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 gives us a picture of this. After this, I looked, and there before me, John says, was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. This is the future destiny when God will bring all those who want him to himself. This is the future destiny of all those who receive the rescue, of all those who say, God, we want what you want done, done. God, we want you in our lives. We want you to be the one who has say over us. We want you, all those who in this life say, God, we want you, and we want what you want done, done, he will bring to himself forever and ever and ever. This is the future destiny of the kingdom and its inhabitants. We can't speak about the future destiny of those who say yes without also speaking of the future destiny of those who say, no, there is a reality, a spiritual reality of separation from God in a very real place called hell that is as everlasting as heaven is everlasting. And there'll be some who will say, how can a loving God give hell and punishment and wrath to people? The answer that I have settled on is this. It is the most loving thing to give to a person what they want. And if you have lived in your lifetime here on this earth and you have said, I don't want what God wants done, done in my life. I don't want to be a part of the kingdom of God here on this earth. I don't want that. Then he for everlasting to everlasting says, I will give you what you want. In this very real place of eternal punishment called hell. Friends, I desire and I long, and I wanna preach to all those who would listen, that there is a God who wants you to be with him around that throne forever and ever and ever. And as much as in this life you may want to do what you want to do and you may want done what you want done, I implore you there is a much better way for this life and for eternity that God and his way of what he wants done being done is much better than anything that you could ever want done being done here on this earth. receive that today if you have not come under that this completed redemption this completed future destiny one day gets expressed today and it gets expressed right now when we say God we want you to come we want what you want done done we want your kingdom to come We want your will to be done here on this earth now and forever as it is in heaven. This is what we pray for today. This is what we will pray for this week. That what God wants done will be done increasingly. And we begin today by crying that out to him. God, we want what you want done, done. We want you to come. We want you to have your way. And we want you to come that we might also partner with what you want done here on this earth. That's the privilege of this. As he comes and gets done what he wants done in us, he invites us to join him to get done what he wants done in others around him. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We're going to take communion here in a moment. But before, I just want us to spend a few minutes to pray into this. And if you are able, I would just ask you to to stand. If, If you're not able, that's fine. Just sit where you're at, or even if the Lord is just saying, you sit down on your knees before me, whatever it may be. But as a way of just crying out to God, would you stand with me? And I just want to lead us in a few moments of just expressing this kingdom prayer to God. And I would invite you to to pray this out loud if you are so willing to do that. I'm not going to ask one person to pray individually, but that we could lift our voices together. And we're going to pray it In five different ways. We're going to pray it first. I want you to come in my life. If it's the first time of receiving Jesus and being rescued, you declare that for the first time I place my faith in you. I want you to come and save me, rescue me. And if you've done that before and you've received Jesus, you're saying, I want you to come by your spirit and have your way. I receive your spirit's guidance. We're going to pray that first. Then we're going to pray, I... And then we want you to come in my home and our home. So if you have family with you, that's a declaration together. I want you to come in my home and my family. We want you to come in our home and our family. And then we're going to pray, I want you, and then we want you to come in my church and our church. We want you to have your kingdom come. And then on behalf of partnering in our community, we want you to come in our community. And then we want you to come in our region, our nation, and the world. John Tyson said, desperate prayer, crying out before before God, we want you, I want you to come. So let's go to prayer. I'll lead you in these prompts, but I would encourage you just to lift these prayers to the Lord together. So God, we welcome you. Pray over this area. Just cry out to him, I want you in my life. I want you in my life. God, we want you. Just declare it to him. Declare it to him. Sometimes we need to affirm these things several times, so feel free just to pray over that for a few moments. I want you in my life. even if it's for the first time, of saying, yes, God, I want you. I receive that rescue from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son that you love. Declare it to him. It's an act of faith. It's a confession of faith. I want you in my life. Now pray over your home, over your family. I want you, we want you in our home. We want you in our family. Maybe it's we want you, I want you in my marriage. I want you in my kids' lives. Just declare that. Lift it up. Don't be shy. Lift it up to him. Cry out to him. Yes, Father, in every marriage, in every home, in every family, in every parent-child relationship, we want you. We want what you want done, done. And together, if we would just affirm before the Lord for our church, we want you in our church. We want your move by your spirit In our church, in this church family, pour out your spirit. We want what you want done. We cry out for it. The Lord is looking for partners for those who have yet to know Jesus in our community. Would you welcome that? Yes, Lord, we partner with you. We say yes. We want you to move in our community for their good and your glory. Wherever that community is where God has planted you, He's given you as his co-laborer on this earth the role and the privilege to partner with him there. Would you call out, cry out to him for that place? Maybe it's your place of work. Maybe it's the school that you're involved in, that you go to. Would you cry out to him? God, I want you there and I will partner with you there for what you want done, done. for our city and for our state and for our nation and for every nation we want you to come Jesus we want God what you want done would you intercede and cry out to him for that movement in these areas we want you Pennsylvania, nation, and to the ends of the earth. We want what you want done, done. We want it done, Lord. Yes, God. God, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You have made Israel and you have brought us into that people to be a light to all nations. So for our own city of Pittsburgh, for our state of Pennsylvania, for our nation, the United States of America and every nation beyond, for the workers that you have sent from our movement to those places. Father, we want you to come. We want what you want done, done. The redemption of lost people back to yourself. God, we, we ask you for these things because we know Jesus because you taught us to pray this way. That your kingdom will come and your will done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Lord, this week, Stir in our hearts a desperation, a cry. That will not be satisfied until it comes. That what you want done. Is done. For your glory we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, "Amen, amen, amen." Thank you. You may be seated. We want to take. The